So good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for coming. Really, thank you for coming. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, th this year is kind of an interesting year for all of us. We're learning, uh, learning new ways to disrupt our supply chains, which actually makes this conversation a little bit more apropos than even maybe before we were all scared of a strange virus that we've never heard of. Um, today, I'm going to talk about technology that is actually enabling adaptation and responsiveness in the supply chain, and my vision for how our technology could potentially help your companies do the same. Uh, my name is Seth Patton. I am the founder of Logistiview and Excel Logics. Excel Logics is a consultancy specializing in warehouse technology. We've been around for about eight years, and uh, we do a lot of work in warehouse management solution implementation, particularly with uh, JDA slash Blue Yonder. Logistiview is a company that has come out of my experience in supply chain over the last really just under 20 years in recognizing that, well, we're pretty good at keeping track of data. We're realistically not exceptionally great at connecting people to that data and giving them instructions. And then we inevitably don't achieve the results we're looking for. And unfortunately, I find most often we don't give people a chance. Uh, with the best technology we could. And so that's what Logistiview was built around, is breakthrough warehouse mobility. Now, warehouse mobility is not the most exciting topic in the world, but I'm gonna try and make it less boring than usual today. The stuff that we're about to see is real. It's deployed in production, and it is, um, you know, it is technology that you can take advantage of today. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about technology that you recognize, and actually explain how Vision Plus is what we, you know, what we call it, how vision picking, vision technology, isn't actually that much of a stretch from what you already know. It's just a different way of looking at the things that you're already familiar with. And so Vision Plus is about combining what you know and what you're already comfortable with with a new take that's only available with new technology. And while new technology can sometimes be a little bit hair-raising, at the same time, it provides profound opportunity for improvement. And so today I'll tell you how that opportunity for improvement could potentially impact your operations. So welcome to the 2020s. New. What's going to change? I mean, you know, we, we, all we know is that stuff's going to change, right? What is it going to look like 10 years from now? What's your supply chain going to look like 10 years from now? What's your workforce going to look like 10 years from now? Guess what? They won't know what a keyboard is. That's a, that's a freebie. Think about your children and imagine when they're in the workforce, how much of a difference that's going to be when your digitally native workforce doesn't know how to work with your green screen system because they literally don't know what an F key is. Imagine the training sessions you have to do when you have to explain to them not what the process is, but what the F key means. We've got to get better. We've got to find a new way. So look back 10 years. What did it look like 10 years ago? What technology were you using then? What challenges were you facing then? I'm betting for most of you, your orders were bigger, you shipped them less often, and you probably shipped more product uh, in bigger containers even 10 years ago. Go back 10 years before that or 20 years before that, and you were doing even bigger orders even less often and you know, with less complexity. Now we are here in 2020, and everybody wants everything to be completely customized to them. 
and you somehow have to figure out how to do that. Because, I mean, you know, don't we all just, that's, that's what we all live to do is figure out how we can get every millennial in the audience a shirt that nobody else has ever worn but them. Except that that is actually what you have to do. And so how can we develop technology that helps your workforce differentiate when you have 30 gray shirts, for example, all of them with a different face on the front? That's a real problem. Some of our customers have it. So over the next decade, you're going to be faced with new challenges and new opportunities. You need to increase productivity. You need to be more capital efficient. Because I guarantee you the thing that's probably not going to happen is that your CEO or board or you know, executive committee or whatever is going to come to you and go, guess what? We want you to spend more money on logistics next year. And, um, you know, and uh, you know, ne next year after that, spend even more. Instead, what they're going to say is, I want you to get more out of less all the time. And by the way, the CapEx budget you had in 2010 is not as big as it was before because we don't believe it's worth investing that much money in logistics. We have to find ways to make logistics a lower part of our cost structure. So you also have to deal with change. You know, change is, you know, change. It happens. It's inevitable. It's not going anywhere. And unfortunately, no matter how much we don't like it, we can't get away from it. And so you also have to deal with problems. Who here hasn't dealt with a labor shortage in the recent years? Seems to be kind of a thing around here, especially, uh, well, guessing most of us are probably from the US, but even internationally, it's starting to become a, a bigger problem in a lot of areas. You have omni-channel pressures. Who's selling my stuff? Where, when, why, how? Where does it need to be sold? And how can I possibly avoid having to spend tons and tons of money shipping across the entire country to get it there when my margins are already tight. Micro warehousing, micro fulfillment is a topic that a lot of companies are talking about. But as those warehouses get smaller and maybe more decentralized, how do you allocate inventory to them properly? And then once they're there, how do you move them? How do you automate them in a way that doesn't require you to take millions of dollars worth of investment capital for a facility that may only be 20,000 square feet or even 5,000 square feet? We have, a lot of, you know, we have a lot of solutions that are designed to solve those kinds of problems. And then you have inadequate space. Challenges around, I don't want to build another warehouse. I don't want to spend the money to change, you know, change my facility. I need to sweat this asset as long as absolutely possible. But as we all know, the bigger and the more complex it gets, the more full it gets, the more difficult it gets to do things right. And that continues to become, you know, continues to be a challenge for all of us in, you know, in growing. So if you think about what it's going to take, what is it going to take for you to adapt to wherever it is that your specific industry is going? And certainly, each of you know your industry far, far better than I do. But you all know, you can all see what's coming. You know, some of us are better at, you know, some of us are better at uh, accepting it than others, but we all know in our gut that something is going to change when it's about to change, and we know that eventually we'll have to adapt to it. So how can you prepare yourself for that change? How can you adopt technology that is designed to be flexible? And I don't mean, you know, you can implement it in a warehouse in, you know, in a year and then, um, you know, probably upgrade it a few years later. I mean hey, I have a new process, 
and I want to be able to change it today. Or we just found a huge quality gap and we need to be able to close that gap today. We need to be able to answer that problem today or jump on that opportunity today. How can you do that? So I already introduced myself. This slide was out of order. Apologies. Um, the, you know, this is something that I've spent my, uh, the bulk of my career talking about and thinking about. And my two companies are designed around the idea of driving flexibility into operations and also driving flexibility into people. It's kind of ironic. One of the things that I notice most about operational challenges, labor challenges, is that we often, you know, we often ignore the psychological process of warehouse workers or of frontline logistics workers. We very often focus on technology, we focus on the process. But we probably need to think, especially in times like this, of how can we psychologically impact the belief and the, you know, and the uh, actions of the worker to appreciate their job more, to you know, feel like we've got their back from a technology perspective, and to want to stay where they are today versus job hopping to Amazon for 25 cents a, you know, an hour more down the street. So when we talk about technology, especially workforce technology, let's also think about the psychological component, about the job satisfaction component, about the how can I create an environment that my workers feels more supported, they feel like there's a clearer vision for how they're going to do their job. And that is ultimately where a lot of vision technology comes from. So Logistiview, being a leader in vision picking, we've specialized very heavily in vision picking. That's where the majority of our use cases are. And picking is the place where half of, you know, half of warehouse labor is, um, you know, is allocated. And labor is also the most expensive variable cost in your warehouse. So there's a lot of opportunities here. Um, today we're going to talk about how Vision Plus changes picking. We're going to talk about six reasons why Vision Plus is a great formula moving forward and what it means for your warehouse today and 10 years down the road. So first, what is Vision Plus? Picking optimized with the best features of Pictolite, RF guns, voice technology, and then we're going to add a little something else. We're going to add intelligence, visual intelligence that is one drive, you know, designed to help your worker use their own, you know, their own intelligence to make better decisions, and two, designed in a way that helps the system guide that worker to make more intelligent decisions. Humans are very visual. That's what we, you know, we process the vast majority of our uh, sensory input through vision. But that's, all, you know, that's, that's not necessarily how systems communicate with us today. We do have written, you know, written uh, screens and things like that that do help some. But that's not really how we natively work. That's not how we natively think of the world. If you looked at a stoplight and it was a black background that just said, stop and go, how many, how many of you would just not know what to do? Everyone would come to a freeze, or worse yet, they'd go through the you know, they'd go through the light and have an accident. We use green and red because it's for some reason just natively ingrained in us that green means go, red means stop, and that level of intuition you can you can process that level of intuition many many times faster than you can process stop versus go. So 
we have signs all around us. How can we bring those signs into the work experience to change the way people do their jobs? So which bin is correct in this image? You'll notice this person isn't holding an RF gun. They're not, you know, they're not, uh, they don't have a scanner. Well, they have a, you know, they have a scanner, but they don't have a uh, big brick scanner. But what if this is the instruction we give them? Does anyone have any question where he's supposed to go? Of course not, because it's incredibly easy to understand. It's incredibly obvious to understand. It's tuned into the worker's natural senses. So with Vision Plus, we can drive instruction using the technologies you're already familiar with, voice technology. We can add RF scanning or um, you know, just scanning in general. We can use visuals like the augmented reality you see in that image. And we can bring it together and optimize it with artificial intelligence. Wait, whoa, AI, holy cow, you did it, you said it. What is AI? How does this apply to a warehouse worker? It's kind of crazy, right? AI doesn't make any sense in this context, and I beg to differ completely. But I want to define AI in a way that makes sense for you. What does it make, a, how does it make a difference in your operation? It's really, really simple. In fact, artificial intelligence is not as complicated as most people believe. It's the ability for a computer to look at variables and data that humans could not possibly understand in a, you know, efficient amount of time. And then give an insight based on that information that helps the human make a better decision. So when you talk about frontline workers, all we're really trying to do is optimize three simple decisions or three simple questions. If we can provide the answer to where am I? Am I in the right place? Do I have the right stuff? And what do I do next? Every frontline work process, picking, replenishment, put away, shipping, I mean, you name it, all boils down to repetition of those three questions. And if we can give instructions that help them make those decisions just even half a second faster, how about three seconds faster or five seconds faster? All of these decisions, especially depending on the worker, will be made at different speeds. The faster we can help them make that decision and the more obvious that decision is, the more accurate they are with the work that they do. So with Vision Plus, you can see in this image you have voice instructions being given by the ear, and you'll see this woman's wearing a pair of smart glasses. It's one of the, one of the hardware devices that we support on the LogistiView platform. She's seen visual instructions. Notice it's not just augmented reality, it's also basic text information. What is the item number I'm looking for? Maybe the item description. What's the pick quantity that I'm looking for? And what's the location number that I'm looking for? Does she need any more than that? No, she doesn't. So let's not give it to her. Let's keep her focused on exactly what drives her ability to help run our business successfully. And so then with a scanner, she can confirm and validate. And the system has the ability to bring all these features together with an intelligent backend to help drive that decision. And instead of being, instead of just waiting and saying, yep, I know this was done. I know what was done. How many of us know what was done? Almost all of us have a system of some kind. We know what got done. But we don't know how it got done. That's why we have labor management programs and industrial engineers and observations. 
we find ourselves constantly going, I don't know necessarily why this particular part of a process didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, or maybe why this person is less efficient than this person. Once you start actually capturing and understanding that data, you have a powerful tool to not only impact or understand you know, and impact worker behavior, but understand what behaviors are the ones that drive key success indicators versus which behaviors are the ones that drive you know, basically lack of performance. And then you can modify the behaviors by changing the work process just slightly, again, in a day, not in a year, to drive the behaviors that impact success in your business, whether that be quality, whether that be throughput, whether that be, um, you know, whether that be item verification, any number of different factors that impact your business. And it's not all just one factor. Like I said, everybody has a different reason for focusing on process. They have a different, you know, they have a different uh, you know, key metric that matters most to their business. Obviously, we all want to be fast, accurate, and, uh, and, you know, and good. But some things matter more. Being able to control that and then have visibility to those things that matter more and how they impact your business is really powerful. So not just giving instruction, but also collecting that data, intelligently analyzing it, and saying, this is what people, this is how people actually did their work, not just what they did. Oops, sorry about that, whoever I hit with the light or the laser. So by comparison, we take a look at other technologies that probably many of you have already. If you take a look at RF guns, handheld devices, you know, the, 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 you know that type of technology, they occupy one hand autom you know, automatically. So the process of either one, holstering it, putting it down, what have you, that's gonna occupy a hand no matter what. That is not efficient, it's not fast. However, you have scanning, so it does generally drive accuracy, and it's generally affordable. Voice comes with, oftentimes, a substantial increase in efficiency. However, accuracy is often lacking. You know, and how many of you deal with workers who are so smart they can memorize dozens of check digits for a location. I mean, gaming the system, it's how it works. So you need validation there that the, pro you know, that the process is actually being performed the right way. Then you can go to full automation, which might be fast and accurate, but usually costs a small fortune. And let's be honest, for most companies, that's not really what we want. We may, we may accept it because it's the only option we believe we have. But no one enjoys spending $100 million on a sorter. It's just not fun. It's necessity. Maybe we can look at things a little differently. What we've focused on with Vision Plus is the ability to drive speed, accuracy, and cost effectiveness all at the same time. Now, if you really actually have the volume that every day of the year you need that $100 million sorter, obviously we're not going to keep up with that. But if you built the church for Easter Sunday, and then the rest of the time, you really don't need that automation at all. Maybe what you should do is look the other direction and say, I'm going to buy the smallest automation I need on a daily basis and have a really good way, a really good platform for being flexible with my allocation of resources when I desperately need it. So let's talk about how Vision Plus changes the game going forward. So the you know, accuracy is a common, it's a common discussion. Everyone has challenges with it. Many of you probably have solved it in various ways. Some of you maybe have not. And you're looking for a solution. When, you're, you know, when you have visual and voice instructions hitting you simultaneously, 
And then you have the ability to recall immediately to a screen that has just the critical information that you need to do your task. It makes accuracy a no-brainer. The, the reason is because of focus. The number one cause of errors in picking, especially, is lack of focus. If I walk up to a location and I grab the item that I'm supposed to take, and the, from that point until the point I put it where it's supposed to go, I never, ever take my eyes off of it, how likely is it that I'm going to mess that up? Very unlikely. I mean, I literally have to put it down on purpose, then pick, you know, pick the wrong thing back up. However, how likely is it instead if I go to the location, I scan it, and then now I'm on my RF gun, beep, beep, F1, F6, enter, enter, three, FF, done. All right, now I'm going to go grab this. Oops. It happens all the time. Absolutely common. And accuracy is driven by focus. So the more focused you can be on the product that you're picking, the more focused you can be on the task that you're performing. If you don't have to think too far ahead, and you don't have to think away from the product or away from the pick task that you're doing, then you have a much higher probability of driving success. So the research shows here that the number one metric for best, or for, uh, best practice is picking accuracy. This is off of recent work research. I don't know how many of you contributed to this report, but I'm going you know, to assume that it's probably a pretty accurate representation of, uh, of industry concerns. Picking accuracy is the number one thing that, you know, the, or that work survey respondents said was a concern for their operations. Picking accuracy is one of the key things that vision helps solve. Overcoming delays and perception from noise interference. So those of you who have voice know that voice can be a bit of a challenge when it's loud or when it's quiet or when there's an accent or you know, any number of specific reasons. Obviously, it's a great technology when it works, but it can be really, really frustrating when it doesn't. And so our technology uses voice primarily for instruction. So you still have the advantage of voice instruction, but we limit voice confirmation to a much smaller set of words. So your workers don't have to be as, you know, it's not as complicated to learn, and oftentimes you don't need to use voice confirmation at all. Because you have vision confirmation and you have scanner confirmation, there's no need to actually go in and use voice confirmation. The end result is you get the efficiency of a voice instruction which without the inefficiency of a voice response. And as a result, it can drive efficiency associated with voice, but accuracy associated with RF scanning. Hence the, uh, you know, the additive value of doing both together and adding the visual component. So if you take a look at what does research say about, you know, about voice adoption and about where, you know, where you all are investing right now, order fulfillment is still primarily manual. And oddly enough, it's still very much paper-oriented in a lot of places. What that also says is that voice alone is not solving enough problems to, you know, to cover all of, those, you know, all of those use cases in every one of your warehouses. And as a result, I'm guessing voice has a limited adoption factor versus RF scanning, even though voice is more efficient. So speed picking with instantaneous response. So if you take a look at you know, the fact that we're all visual, that's what we do. We, uh, we look at things. That's how we perceive the world. And we lean into that. It helps people make better decisions, faster decisions, 
if I can, you know, if I look at something and I know immediately what it is, how many of you have done this at the conference? You look at someone and you immediately know you recognize them, but you can't for the life of you remember what their name is. I do that all the time. Sorry, I've probably done it to a few of you today. Um, that's, you know, I, I see, I remember exactly what, you know, what I saw, but converting that to words and connecting, the, you know, connecting it to words can often be a slow process, a bit of a challenge. And so when, the more we can lean into vision, the more we can short circuit that process in the worker's brain that says, am I doing the right thing? If they can stop asking that question as much because they absolutely know the right answer, we're gonna drive them to move faster and again, drive them to move more accurately because we're keeping them focused as well. So human brains respond better, you know, better to visuals than anything else. And there's a large body of scientific work on this, but basically everybody comes to the same conclusion. Visual graphics are many times faster for, for recall and for recognition than text alone. Text serves a purpose, but <coughs> unfortunately, it's not fast by comparison to, for example, a stop and go light. And then language barriers. We've all seen language barriers, not just with written text and not just with voice instructions. It's, common, it's a combination of everything. So the RF gun has to be in the right language. The voice system has to be in the right language. And oftentimes, we're asking people to translate before they read the text, then translate back to their, you know, to their first language, then decide what to do, then translate back and type the response into the RF device. That's a very difficult thing to do. That actually slows the processing time down even more. If we can go to a visual-focused system and keep the text to a bare minimum, then we have a profound ability to overcome language barriers. And also, because we're using voice technology to speak, we can speak in their language very easily. So the workforce can be very diverse, and <coughs> you have fewer challenges associated with uh, multilingual adoption. So keeping labor, I'm sure this is not going to be a secret to anybody, keeping labor requires accepting and integrating a more diverse workforce. And part of the need in you know, warehouse technology is to support that workforce, that diverse workforce, with an easier to train and easier to understand system that does not require both simultaneously learning the complexities of the system plus overcoming the language barrier that may exist. And then removing barriers to worker confidence. That's the number one thing that slows people down in your warehouse. You don't necessarily see it because you're not watching, and they're certainly not going to admit it. But that extra two seconds here, the extra one second there, the extra six seconds there, you know, I'm going to a location, oh, I went past it, and I'm gonna come back a little bit and go back to it. All of those little things come with lack of certainty. The more certainty you can drive by driving system intelligence to the worker. If the system says, hey, I know you're in the right place, you can start picking now. How much different is that than if the worker instead has to say, okay, where's the right place? Yes, I'm for sure in the right place. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and scan that barcode. And then what's, you know, the next thing I have to do is I'm gonna read my, my gun here. If instead they just walk up and the system immediately sees, you're in the right location, now pick four cases immediately go into picking four cases, scan the barcode to confirm the item number, and you're on to your next pick. 
How many key presses get, re you know, get removed from that? And how much less memory does it take to remember which of those buttons you have to press? It's a substantial value. So finding labor and keeping it is the second highest, uh, you know, second highest challenge c cited by, uh, by the research, uh, right behind accuracy. And I would imagine some of you look at labor as probably more important than accuracy. Labor retention and satisfaction is critical. And technology is actually a huge factor in that. Your workforce is getting younger. There's no way to get around it. My daughter is 12. By 2030, she will be qualified to work in one of your warehouses. And she barely knows what a keyboard is, barely. You know, in her mind, she's never known a time when there wasn't an iPad or an iPhone. And that is a huge difference. The digitally native workforce is going to drive all of us simultaneously insane and to change, because there will be no other way around. And especially five, 10 years from now, as that becomes more and more, you know, more and more prevalent, they're going to expect what they see on their iPhone to be in your warehouse. And if it's not, they're going to come in and go, man, this is, this is old school. This is kind of a bummer. And you're going to go, that's all that exists. And they're going to say, well, that's not good enough. And, you know, and, and we all, like, we've, we've accepted this technology for many years, and it works really, really well. That doesn't change the fact that their perception is that it's old and that they don't understand you know, the F keys, for example. It's actually a real problem, and it's going to change how all of us behave simply because we're going to need to keep them in, you know, engaged. We can automate, yes, but you know, robotics aren't going to replace people by 2030. They're going to help people. They're going to move a lot of product, but robot, you know, robotics is going to replace conveyors in the next decade, not necessarily people. So we still need to make sure that the people know how to interact with those robots and that they are prepared with the technology that helps them interact with your systems. The systems on the back end can still be the same, quite frankly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you keep the data. It's all about how you instruct and in, you know, interact with worker. So enhancing human-robotic interaction. I started in this just a second ago, but if you think about robots, these robots have a profound potential. But if all they could do is move one order at a time, because all your WMS can do is move one order at a time into this you know, P&D location or whatever, that's not going to be very productive. I mean, that's going to be a lot of money to, you know, to build a robot, but it's not gonna have, you're not going to have the interaction that allows the robot to move substantial amounts of product. A lot of the robot vendors are beginning to use carts that hold much more product, which is a you know, fantastic way to use robots. But at the same time, now those carts can hold multiple orders. How can we optimize the movement of, those, you know, of that product to those carts, and how can we optimize the movement of the robots around the floor? Ultimately, new technologies to help the people be able to integrate directly with robots and see how to place an order onto a cart, for example, or how to place an order onto a pallet that a robot is moving, all of that will be critical to maintaining the efficiency and orchestration of robots moving and of, um, you know, of people moving throughout your facility. And the robots are coming, especially for picking. So this is something that's probably not a 
10-year-out problem. It's probably a now problem. So the implications for your DC is that you can optimize picking while impacting labor capacity and reducing capital expenditure. And all of that while simultaneously solving some of the most difficult challenges of the next decade. And if you intentionally limit your fixed cost and you optimize your variable cost, then you have the ability to create capital efficient logistics operations, sustainable logistics operations that don't fall apart when the market changes on you or your customers change their behaviors. Instead, you have the ability to react. I'm, you know, some of you have probably experienced what it's like to have automation that doesn't change when your customers no longer ask for orders that are optimized for that automation. Unfortunately, you can't take it back. And so my challenge to you is to evaluate the ways that you can improve your workforce and workforce job satisfaction by adopting vision. Also, how can you build your logistics in a way that, or your, your logistics technology in a way that enforces flexibility? So instead of taking, instead of looking at project horizons in terms of years, how can we look at project horizons in terms of weeks? How can we change the, you know, the, the process on the floor faster, react to customer change better, and do it without spending a fortune? Again, focused on economic sustainability of logistics operations. How can you plan for inevitable change? It's not a matter of if, it's really a matter of when. So how can you ensure that your technology platforms are in a place to enable that change over the next several years? And ultimately, think to 2030 and try and achieve what you're trying here. What you see there, plan now, because it's coming really, really fast, and technology is only going to advance over that time. So building, you know, building now with a plan for 10 years out gives you the ability to adapt to what is ultimately going to be the fastest changing decade in the history of humanity. The last decade was the fastest changing decade in the history of humanity. 2020-2030 is going to be the fastest changing decade in the history of humanity. And you can see the trend. It's not going to stop. And so we all have to figure out as, you know, as uh, members of our companies responsible for major, you know, major mission critical functions, how do we react when that change continues to happen? So with that, we've got a few.